And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You hungry? I ain't no snitch. Ben Simmons. Let's be honest. There's 29 NBA teams and then there's a G League roster with a few stars. They have a math problem offensively. Right in your podcast face. And so I, I grew up in Connecticut and my dad was a, a, a Knicks fan. So I came to the garden when I was a young kid. And then in the 90s, I had an opportunity to be an assistant coach under Jeff Van Gundy and with those great teams with Patrick Ewing and Alan Houston, uh, Latrell Sprewell, Larry Johnson. So I saw what it was like, you know, I go way back to the 70s. with. They have a math problem offensively. This is Nerd She Wrote with your host, Dave Dufour. With Mo Dekeel. Are you ready to be entertained? And Seth Partnow. Athletic NBA show. It's Friday. I'm Dave DeFord, and that means it's Nerd She Wrote. I'm back. Back from the Colorado Rockies. Back with Seth Partnow. Back with Mo DeKeel. What's up, guys? I know you missed me. That sounded like a, uh, is, is that a Coors ad? Is that, is that Coors or Bud Light in yeah. the Colorado Rockies? I don't know who it is. I'm now endorsed by the Denver Nuggets. Uh, that's actually yeah. not true. <laughs> Jake, Don't can we get some that. lukewarm applause for, for Dave announcing he's back? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, guys, uh, I got to say, it was uh, it was really nice being on vacation. And uh, I listened to you guys last week. Um, Jared, stick to your day job, buddy. Oh, get off. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> thanks to Jared for filling in for me last week and, uh, and letting me get some time off. And guys, I did go to Colorado. I spent some time in Denver. Got to see our friend Adam Mares and his and his fam over at DNVR. Uh, thanks to them for having me on their show. And I got to watch that ridiculous forty nine point triple double that culminated with a buzzer beater by Aaron Gordon off a Jokic ridiculous pass in overtime with a bunch of Nuggets fans. Okay, that's my favorite thing from my vacation, basketball-related. I'm not going to tell anybody anything else that I did on vacation, but that thing, that, that was so much fun. It was... I thought the whole podcast was going to be you that, telling us your vacation. I thought that was... Oh, no, we, no, I no, thought no. we threw the rundown out. Oh, no, no. The rundown... Yeah, the rundown. We're sticking to the rundown. Uh, but, but to be able to watch that with those folks was a lot of fun. Reminded me, you know kind of what it's like to be a fan uh, of the NBA instead of a guy that, you know, watches basketball. And so my eyes bleed. It, it was, it was a good time. Um, kind of reinvigorated a little bit, but I want to talk about Jokic and what he did while I was on vacation because I was in Colorado. I saw a lot of the, these games and he went for 32.6 points, 13 rebounds, 9.4 assists, 2.4 stocks, on 60, 44, 91 shooting. And the Nuggets went 4-1 and one in that time. Their only loss was by four points to Memphis. And all of these games that they were in were close, including two against the Pistons that took a, a 28-point, 21-rebound uh, double-double from Jokic to, to beat the Pistons. Their average margin of victory was three and three-quarter points. So... I just want to point out that what he's been doing this season is absolutely absurd. They are winning 68% of the games that he plays in. This is the, I mean, this is just a crazy season. And I feel like with Embiid and obviously Steph's struggling, Jokic continues to play at this sustained high level. And we just 
kind of overlook it still. I don't think we overlook it. I, I think we do. I, I, I just listened to 10 hours of NBA podcasts and nobody, except for the Denver guys, are talking about just the heavy lift that Jokic is doing. Now, a lot of Embiid, and rightfully so, but we got to swing west and we got to we got to look at Jokic too. No, I, I I think Jokic gets a ton of love. I mean, go back a couple of weeks to Zach Lowe going apoplectic on NBA Today on ESPN when with with that stuff. Ben Taylor going nuts on it. Like we're we're it's it's there. I don't think we're overlooking it. You know, but you're also kind of depressing in Bede's month for the whole month of January, <laughs> really since Christmas. He's only scored, you know, less than 30 once since Christmas. Like, let's just understand that. Like, I'm not trying to say Jokic isn't deserving. This is a two-man race to me for MVP between those two guys. Again, this is what we had last season. I don't think we're we're uh, uh, sleeping on it. You know, and that, that's my only thing I'm refuting. But let's go back to that pass because that pass to Aaron Gordon was magic. Like, was just beautiful. And real quickly... Because this is, I'm trying to make the term happen. You guys, Jade, put in the uh, quit trying to make fetch happen. That is so fetch. Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, it was set up by a beautiful cut assist, right? Jeff Green. Je- it was Jeff Green or Monty Morris? I thought it was Jeff Green that cleared out. Well, Jeff Green cleared out from the post. No, no, there was to a, actually somebody from the defender. Somebody, no, somebody from the slot cut down the middle. And it pulled the defender away, and it opened Aaron Gordon up for the wide open three. Um, and, okay, and, we're thinking of the same guy. I thought it was Jeff Green. Maybe it was Monty Morris. Uh, um, but but for, it was just whatever it was. He was wearing a Denver Nuggets jersey. It was a cut assist, <laughs> and it was perfect. And the pass right on the money, and that's something you can't sleep on. And one guy in the league can throw that pass. And I was thinking about this earlier today because I've thought about this pass, you know, for a week. Could LeBron have made this pass? I don't know if he could have done it without jumping. Like, I think Jokic's extra height and and length create, like, he was just fading away on his feet over two defenders. I mean, it was pretty, pretty spectacular, but I don't know that anybody else could have made that pass. Maybe Luca. Maybe Maybe, Luca. I don't, I still think he's just, just because he he comes up. But he comes up with just like the angles that aren't actually there for his passes. That's a, at, in in similar ways. That's actually my favorite thing. <laughs> Was Lucas' fifteen <laughs> assists last night against oh. Portland? I just broke it down on Twitch. Um, there you you go. know, it, it's it's and, and I agree with Seth. He can make that pass because he was throwing some passes out there. Luca, with his peripheral vision really sells defense with his eyes, knowing he's going the other way. Like it's not a no look, but it's just out of the peripheral vision. He knows where it is and where the pass is going. It's, it's on another level. Now, Jokic also unbelievable. So this is going to be one of those things where I try to start off what I'm saying by saying, I'm not trying to like pull everyone down, but I do want to sort of caveat a thing that's going on with the MVP debate right now, because I think it's a three person rate race between the two we've mentioned and Chris Paul. And people are going to say, well, look at the numbers that that you know Embiid and Jokic are putting up and and they need to carry their team to so much and it's like it's kind of the same picture. We're double counting there because if Chris Paul had less to work with, he he could he would be averaging more. If Jokic had more to work with, he'd be averaging. He, he he would not be putting up these numbers. So it's it is a little bit of double counting to say he's both putting up historical box score numbers, and he, that his team needs him to do everything to win. Because the reason he's getting the opportunities, and the reason Embiid is getting all the opportunities to for just like not just like superb numbers, but like cartoon video game numbers is because they have to, because like, you know, their, their centrality to their offense is so high because of the, the absences around them. So that's just, just something to keep in mind. It's not to, not to take away from what they're doing. Just make sure you're not like double counting when you're, when you're talking about all the great things these guys are doing. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Uh, Mo, what, what's your favorite thing? No, it was Lucas assists. <laughs> oh, I, was looking at this. Oh, I missed that. No, it's, it's, you just snuck it's, it in it's, there. It's, 
he he dropped 15 assists last night in a triple double against Portland. We're recording on a Thursday. It was it was an impressive thing because it wasn't a great shooting night. Granted, Portland has a lot of injuries, but they're not a good defensive team, anyways. And and, and it was just the way he was diming everybody up. It was a variety of stuff. It was out of the post. It's off the pick and roll. It's pulling a defender away and then finding the guy. It's in transition. It's just all of those things. It's just that court vision. And I love, I love good passing. That's why I love watching Jokic. You know, it's, it's, it's fun. And I think, you know, Luca, we give him a lot of praise for his ability to score and, and, and all that stuff. And I think sometimes we forget how good of a passer he is. And that was kind of a reminder last night. Yeah, if you if you ever want to get really depressed, go look at Luka Doncic's potential assists compared to actual assists. Right. Uh, you could do the same for Jalen Brunson. I mean, this is kind of you know a running theme if you follow the Mavs closely. Uh, those guys just can't shoot. If they could shoot, it'd be a much better team. I mean, hot take here, but shooting's important in the NBA. <laughs> Seth, yeah. what's your favorite thing? And now Tim Hardaway Jr. is probably out for the season, too. That's a bummer. I didn't want to go to the bummer part. I got to record with Tim Cato here in a little bit. And we're going to, I don't know what we're going to do, but it's going to be sad. So this is is probably 50% bummer what I'm going to say. But my favorite thing this week was the way that the end of end of that ridiculous Clippers comeback against the Wizards had a little something for everybody in terms of like end of game. I don't know. Nonsense. Is that the right word? We have, uh, we, we have Washington pounding silliness? the air out of the ball. Yeah. Stupidity. You know, Be honest. Stop being nice. Stupidity. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have, you know, we have some nice prevent <laughs> offense down the stretch. We've got um, a quack two, which ended up working out for the Clippers. Uh, and, you know, it was a fast break. So, but still you're down seven with 20 seconds left. That's a, almost a much must three spot. You have uh, some controversy about the foul up three and the, the folks who are anti foul up three. So you say, can say, see, that's why you don't foul up three. And the people who are pro foul up three said, no, uh, you've got like a 60% free throw shooter with the ball in the backcourt. Why have you not just run him over? Um, so just that, like, just how much there is to go through. And I know Mo, you, uh, you, uh, you had some, some, some thoughts on this on Twitter as well. Oh, it's just the dumbest play. It's an obvious play, right? The first off, it was a mistake for Ty Lue to have Justice Winslow in the game, right? Like that's, he's a 63% shooter from the line and you need a three. He's not a three point shooter and it was a dead ball situation. So you had a chance to sub, you had a chance if you're watching this capitalize on a mistake from Ty Lue, who I think is one of the best in-game coaches in the league. And so, you know, it's a rare mistake from Ty. Why? The ball was inbounded from the backcourt. He was able to dribble all the way up and go into a dribble handoff with Luke Kennard, and their focus was fouling Kennard. Like, that's just stupid. You had at least four seconds, five seconds to foul a poor free throw shooter and they had no timeouts. It's not like they could have adjusted or changed anything. It's just like, come on guys. Can I, can I just go on the record and say, I feel bad for Kyle Kuzma. Nobody was moving on that inbound at all. And and look, granted, you just got to throw it up at some point, but there was, I mean, there was just nothing happening at all. And everything was falling apart. Poor Kyle Kuzma. It's, it's not even that it was a poor inbound play drawn up. By Wes Unsell Jr. Was there a play? You know, no, it, there was a play, but it was one of those things okay. where, where, hey, you got to set three screens and then we're finally going to get the guy open. Yo, you have five seconds and you're out of timeouts. Run one guy immediately into the backcourt, run another guy to the corner, spread the floor or start with a guy in the backcourt. So you create a spread floor to begin with. It was just all of it was bad. This gets back to, in some ways, this gets back to a thing that Mo and I have talked about a lot is sort of the the situational practice and i think where this the problem was here is i don't think a lot of teams like okay foul or don't foul up three i don't think teams have ever practiced like how to give a foul up three like when to foul when to not how to you know you don't want to arm tackle back i mean yeah you don't want to arm tackle someone in the like you know it's it's not like flag football it's like it's a money's worth situation like don't flagrant foul a guy you but have make... to get the ball though like you have to like especially in that position right like if you're gonna foul there and you're just that late you've got to also get the ball I yeah mean, the, the way that they fouled no was i'm just... talking i'm not even talking about on on canard because like once oh, a guy okay, once okay. a shooter gets the ball like facing the basket 
you screw. Like, then it's that's where that's where like that's why you have to practice the execution because that's a situation where especially with the inconsistency and in when continuation rules might be applied i can understand some like hesitation to give a foul but so okay back is turned not in a shooting position in the backcourt has the ball inside the arc like these are things you like if you for these are applicable across any number of different need to foul situations and i don't I don't know that it's something that that like how to give that play is worked on enough. Let, let me ask you guys a spirit of the game question just off the top of my head. How would you feel about the defender who is going to uh, do the intentional foul, putting a finger up and basically uh, essentially calling for it, almost like the intentional walk and the pitch out? I, I, no? I, I'm not down with that, but what they should have done, because we've seen this before on the other side. When t- a, a guy going up to the referee going like, hey, we're not fouling on the inbounds. Like, we're not going to foul right. immediately. Should almost go to the ref going like, we're looking to foul. <laughs> like, almost uh, snitch on yourself. We're looking uh, I'm to okay foul. With that. Like, I, I, I'm okay with that. You know, Because I do think that this is another instance where you could actually make the game a little bit safer. Yeah. Right? You can actually take you can take away what could be a contact play. What happens when that foul doesn't get called early? We always see more contact so that they can embellish. I mean, they want to get that foul called. And I, I do I like that that tactic mo where you go to the referee, let them know, hey, we're gonna foul. Don't you know we, we're gonna try to steal. If we don't get the steal in the inbound, I'm fouling right away. And then that way there there's no you know, it's just more chance for someone to get hurt on a play that's needless. Right. If you're if you're not going to let me give the foul, then I have to hit him harder, right. well, and then yeah. I'm whacking someone. Like you, you see it sometimes when guys are trying to take the foul, where they're not trying to hurt the guy, and they'll look at the ref going like, "Yo, how many times I got to hit him?" It's like, right. like what I mean, I'm like, of, like it's uh, it's like a boxer of, looking at the ref. Are you gonna you gonna stop right, this, or do I have to? You know, keep, it's it's, keep, it's yeah. just it would just be smarter in that sense, and and you know, it, it, still listen. I know Wizards fans are going to come to us with the two-minute report saying, hey, they said they got the call wrong. Should have never gotten to that point, period. We'll let you guys in on a little secret. Those last two-minute reports don't exist to me because they don't change anything about what happened. I don't care. Like, Let's just move on, Uh, especially in the regular season. We'll save it for the playoffs when we got a game or two or a day or two between games. I hate the last two-minute reports. They're they're, they're stupid. stupid. Quit telling on yourself. The refs are really good. They get like 99% of this stuff right. I don't need to know when they mess up for real like because we know. Speaking of the Wizards, perfect time to get into a little game. And really, this is just uh, help me catch up because I've been gone for a week and uh, I need you guys to uh, fill me in. A little game of true-false, gentlemen. That's what we've got here. And we're going to start with the Wizards. True or false? The Clippers' historic 35-point comeback over the Wizards has sealed the deal for Bradley Beal, and he will ask out, whether before the trade deadline or this summer. But that was the straw that broke the camel's back. True or false? Uh, Mo, you go first. I'm going to go false, and he has a lot of money on the line for the reasons why not to do it. <laughs> I think that's going to be the 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 main thing. I don't think he's going to be there for long after that, but I think he's looking to sign that big payday. Uh, shortly after that game, I, uh, I, I I texted some some friends of ours with a wild Maury appears in the chat. Um, I think that that. Oh well, can I interest you in a in a gently used Ben Simmons? And that's I, I feel like those like that at least has to have created some optimism on the part of of people who are trying to uh, kick the tires on a, on a Bradley Beal trade. Um, his comments after the game were not awesome in terms of you know giving this to Oregon every chance. Blah blah blah. It's like. Yeah, you're the guy. First of all, you're the guy who committed the foul yeah. on the play. Um, even if even if it was supposedly early, like still, you're you're. It, it, well, that, it's uh, bad to, to put yourself in that spot. Yeah, but and, also not just in that in the micro spot, but in the macro spot of like it coming down to a single possession game when you are up thirty five, and the Clippers had basically benched their starters. Like that's the other part is is like. 
the Clippers were like, no, we're done here. Sure. And then and then Amir Coffee was like, I'm not. Are <laughs> we? Michael Jordan now. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not done. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Yeah. And the Wizards, like the Wizards were such a good story at the start of the year. And and now it just seems like, okay, they're going to sell. Like they, they're going to have to. I, Dinwiddie has not really been good. Uh, that's a part of their problem. They're they're showcasing Thomas Bryant, and, and it seems like maybe even Trez Harrell. Uh, it just seems like they're heading into a bit of a teardown. And I, I'm, I don't know. Beal is going to be a good number two for somebody. I I would say this: they're, if they're not going to sell on Beal, they nobody's interested in buying the rest. Like there's not a uh, there's <laughs> not like you know maybe Kuzma, but I wouldn't. I, if I'm them, I wouldn't trade Kuzma. He's been awesome for them. You know, right. like. You know, I, I I don't know what you're what you're going to actually end up giving up if it's if, I mean listen if it's not going to be Beal and you're not going to trade Beal unless he demands a trade, um, you know it's it's I just I they could they could showcase all the guys they want who wants them I don't <laughs> like, know Kuzma, Kuzma and Gafford Kuzma and Gafford would yeah. be the two that people would be that I think people would be would be interested in and Dallas should be like, calling on Kuzma I think Kuzma would be really good with Luca. They could use a guy that could chase people on the wing, play a little three. Are you incepting a Jalen Brunson for Kyle Kuzma trade concept? That's an interesting idea, especially given the contract situation that Brunson's in. I mean, the Mavericks, they're acting like they're going to be able to keep him and Finney Smith. I I don't know that they're actually going to be able to do that, but, you know, we'll see. But I do – I mean, I love Kuzma. I think Kuzma's been a good player for a little while now. I think he's having a fantastic season. Um not to not to get away from Beal, but I, I'm with you, Mo. I think you can't. You, they can't trade Kuzma. They got to have at least something for next year. Kuzma is. I, I had. I, I talked to Brad Rowland, who covers the, the Hawks earlier this week, and we were we were talking about, or I guess it was last week. Time has no meaning. Um, uh, we're talking about Cam Reddish and kind of flipping the switch to not being like the hype beast player, but just being a good player. And like Kuzma is like right now, I think the perfect example in the NBA of someone who got, you know, people get hyped for different reasons. Like Reddish was kind of the the recruiting profile. Kuzma was because he was a Lakers draft pick. Um, and then now he's turned into a he's kind of, OK, I'm not that guy, but I'm this guy. I'm this really good two way high end like role player winning plays, get stuff got done guy. Um, he's a solid it. fifth starter, like a, a yeah. very solid fifth starter. And, and I think that, um, that's a guy that has tremendous value, but for the wizards, they should keep him. That's just me. All right, guys. Uh, next question, true or false. And Seth, we're going to start with you here since this is actually about your tears. John Morant will be in Seth's top tiers for next season. Uh, he will be on the tiers. He's not gonna. He's not gonna join R.J. Barrett on the on the sidelines <laughs> looking in. Um, no, I don't think so. I think that's that's a bit that's a bit too far, too early. Now this can change if somehow like Memphis like he leads them to like the conference finals and it's a you know they not not like a not like Atlanta not like a, last year. Yeah, not like a fluky conference finals, but an actual beat some people. And and you know competitive conference finals, and he's like the best player on the court in multiple playoff series. Maybe that changes a little bit, but I mean, who you know, as of right now, that top list is like Steph, KD, Giannis, Jokic, Embiid. You know, because Luca was in the in the the next tier down. Yeah, Luca was in the next. Yeah, and so you think I, John like, more, has a more realistic shot at being in that tier. Yeah, like that second, like that second cut, like that, yeah, sort of that Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler, Rudy Gobert kind of, uh, mm-hmm. Dame Lillard, that level of, of of player, not not like the not like the tippy top of the pyramid, but the yeah, which is still like you know we're 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 still talking about like an all NBA level player, right? But just like <laughs> like like all NBA second third team type player, not all NBA first team, not not like yearly MVP discussion type player. 
Right. Mo, is there, is there anything Jock can do to you to, to get into that upper echelon? I mean, obviously this is, he's a very good player and he's barreling in that direction. I, I just mean from here through the end of the year, anything that could push him into that top eight conversation for next year for you? I mean, it's hard because I want to argue with Seth, but he makes the list, so it's not really a, <laughs> right. a, 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 a fair argument. But I think he's in there. They're going to be. I think they're going to be a team that finishes in the top three. I think they're going to be. You know, they, they have a chance to legitimately get out of the first round of the playoffs, depending on the matchup. Like, you know, I think that's enough to put him in that in that yeah. in that tier. You know, and granted, I'm projecting to how the season will finish. Sure. But, yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's a fair. Uh, 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 assessment in that. And and if they do that, Seth is going to have a very hard time. And if not, I'm going to come at him with the fury of which Knicks fans came at him for RJ Barrett. <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, to be fair, most of this true false is projection. I, I'll, I'll throw that out there ahead of time because we're, we're looking forward here because I, I do think that the midway point of the season is a really interesting time to kind of look at what's happening uh, longer term. All right, guys, next so, one. Can I just, yeah, go ahead. I, I want to just like, to, this is one of those things like we kind of, we do silly things around the in the discussion thing, but even for, for you know, a, a player this early in his career to be in the discussion for that yeah. is, you know, you even if I, even if I ultimately say, no, he's not quite in that level. The fact that it's like that you can even like ask the question and it not just be a ha ha is um, a pretty good spot to be if you are a partisan of the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, I think John Morant's pretty good. That uh, my hot, my hot, hottest take. Hot take. Hottest take. Not John sold. Morant, pretty good. Not sold yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay, guys. Next question. Uh, the Utah Jazz will finish in the top four in the Western Conference. They are currently fourth, and they have a two-game lead over the fifth seed Mavericks as we recorded this. Um, guys, I mean, obviously Utah struggling without Donovan Mitchell and Gobert last few games. We, we can kind of ignore that a little bit. Can um, we? Well, I was going to say a little bit, but I, I do think that you just see it's the symptoms of the disease that plagues them. And that is they have no perimeter defense at all. And without Rudy, it, they really just have no defense. That's it. Yeah, so no, I think the, the answer to that question is will they do is, it? Per, it's it, it's it's pretty wholly dependent on how long Gobert is out. Like if he's out another week or so, and he, so he's out five games or so, and they maybe they're they're a, a game or two out of fourth. Then yeah, they can they can do it. If he's out six weeks, and all of a sudden that they drop, you know, down to you know down to to seventh, and are are you know six or seven games out, that's a whole different beast. So I, I, I almost I almost think we don't have enough information to readily answer that other than like large man calf injury is problem. Um I yeah, not great. I will I will go a little further than Seth in actually answering the question. Um <laughs> but not fully. But I think I would say it's more true than false only because I don't know how much I trust Dallas and Denver with with injuries and things like that. Uh, just as of now in the standings, they're two games ahead of Dallas. They're sitting at the four seed. Dallas did lose Tim Hardaway Jr. to a broken foot. Like That's something I think that's going to come back to haunt them at some point. Um, the Nuggets just have a, a, all injuries except for a few guys. Um, it's, it's, it's along those lines. So it's like I don't think they can like teams will jump them but it's not going to be because they're so good right like so i will go more true than 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 false but like it it also wouldn't shock me because man their perimeter defense is just garbaggio let's go it's it's so confusing i mean this is how it's been for a few years and it's it hasn't changed um you know i don't know it's a mess Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Uh, next question. The Minnesota Timberwolves will be a top six, meaning a real playoff team this season. Now they are currently the seventh seed. They're two games behind the nuggets, three games behind the Mavericks, five games behind the Utah jazz for the four seed. Okay. So they're seven and three in their last 10. We've all seen what Anthony Edwards has been doing the 40 points and no assists game. Just magical. Shout out to Zach Harper. I know he loved that one. Guys, can the Timberwolves actually make the playoffs? Yes. I'm I like you. You just talked about not trusting Dallas and with Tim Hardaway out um, and uh Minnesota getting kind of getting their team together at the right time and playing quite well um, and having having really, you know, found some things. You know, you, you think about, okay, do they have enough start the year? Well, now Jared Vanderbilt is is a high-level role player for them right now. They found, uh, you know, uh, Jalen Noel has has really started to give them some some pop off the bench to the point where they, I think they they also probably have have some trades they can make. I mean, they have, um, uh, you know, Malik Beasley has only has one year left on his deal and a team option, so that's actually like that's a that's a decent size just in terms of salary to go if they need a guy to go see if they can they can get a a guy making kind of decent starter money if that's what they, they, they feel like they need. So I think that they're, they're really in, in, in good shape to, to, to progress here, especially I think relative to, to Dallas, as you pointed out, Denver is like, they have a, a middling record, but with Jokic playing, they have a good record. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's asking a little much and maybe five games on Utah, regardless of how, how long Gobert misses is, uh, uh is a big ask, but like, so, um, can they make up the difference on Dallas essentially is like, I, I think it's pretty likely at right at this moment. Okay. I'm going to go false. And, oh. and, 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 and here are the reasons why, right? Like as, and everything we said, everything you said, Seth is right. Right. And they have a great starting lineup. We know the numbers are the best starting lineup, net rating, all that stuff, you know, numbers guy there. Um, but like a, a, a few things that are interesting to me, they're only a half game out of the ninth seed, right? Like that, that matters. And the Lakers, I think are going to start to surge here a little bit, uh, depending what happens with LeBron. It sounds like he might sit out tonight's game against Philly. They are 12 and seven against teams below 500, but only 12 and 16 against teams that are above 500. And when you kind of look at just their next few games, their next four games kind of could tell the whole tale. Golden State, Phoenix, Utah, and Denver, <laughs> like those, wow. are, that's a four game run where like, Hey, if they sweep those four games, Seth's probably going to be right. You know, and that's going to really put them in a great position. They, they go two and two. We're still not sure. Right. They go zero and four. I think I have a pretty good shot at where I'm at. Um, So I think that's the challenge there for them is, can they get wins against good teams? Cause they're being up on the bad teams as they should. But it's it's going to come down to that that type of stuff, and this is going to be a tough stretch here. This the, just this next four games, literally starting tonight, it's going to be a, a a tough stretch. I think I'd give them a little bit more credit if they wind up going two and two. 
in the next four. I, I, I mean, just me, right? Like I'll weight those well, games a little heavier, especially if they beat Phoenix somehow. I will I will really sit up in my chair. The Warriors, obviously, they've got some issues and no Draymond, and we talked about Utah. But the Phoenix game is one that I'm going to really lock in on for, for Minnesota because I do think that with some of the stuff that they've been doing more recently, that's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, no, it, it it is. But I'll say this. It's the second night of a back-to-back because they play Phoenix, you know, right after they play Golden State. They should at least go two and two when you consider the injuries for Golden State and Utah, right? right. They go zero and four, and then it's like, hey guys, you you you're not doing what you should do because trick this again, trick yeah, this right, again. Exactly. We'll see you in the play. Um, but listen, I also love what they're doing, right? I don't want to knock this in a way of like Mo hates the Wolves or whatever. No, they're they're doing a great job. They're fun oh, to yeah. watch. They're playing hard. It's pretty impressed. I'm impressed with the fact that D'Angelo Russell hasn't D'Angelo wrestled the whole season. Um, you know, and has, has, has been actually a very strong contributing player for them, like in a way of like, this matters. And, 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 and I think, you know, it's, it, it just comes down to like, it's going to be like, can you win the big games that you need to win? Okay. I think, oh, I think you, we need to, one? uh, I think we need to, uh, it was, it was kind of a, if you remember last year when they, they, they let Ryan Saunders go and kind of. In a, in a weird kind of mid-season hiring of an opposing assistant, hired Chris Finch. I think we have to give them credit for knowing something. Because like this was not a, a situation where, you know, I, reading between the lines, like they did coaching interviews when Gerson Rosas got hired. And he, it seems like from the outside, like he was probably uh, strongly pressured to give Ryan Saunders a chance. But he did those coaching interviews, and I think if he'd had his his open field druthers when he got that job, he would have hired Chris Finch because of he was he was impressed in that interview. Um, and I think you have to give credit for having him having uh, seen something that was correct because I think Chris Finch has done uh, a really nice job. We ha- we are in a a good spot with some some younger some less experienced coaches in the league right now. Um, I had you know I had a, a, an exec with a team text me this week um, something along the lines of uh, talk me out of saying that Taylor Jenkins is the best coach in the league right now um, based on on some certain factors and you got you got Jenkins and Chris Finch and Ty Lue who's not still not very deep in his coaching career um, like those are those are three very good coaches who I still I think probably don't get enough credit. But I think for what Minnesota is doing, for figuring out a way to use Jared Vanderbilt, we we talk a lot about how like a player like Ben Simmons needs creativity to use correctly. Jared Jared Vanderbilt has some very you know defined strengths and some very glaring weaknesses, and but figuring out how to make a player like that work with what he can do and hide what he can't. I think that's a sign of a really strong, like tactical acumen and sort of the malleability to to get the most out of your team, regardless of who's on it. All the best coaches in the in basketball, they don't just they don't they aren't they aren't stubborn, right? They find ways to make the personnel that they have work and to optimize. Jared Vanderbilt, I'm glad you said Ben Simmons. I've been calling him like B minus Ben Simmons. And when you consider, I mean, you even, you made a tweet about it. I mean, how little money comparatively he makes for this roster is nine and a half million next year, next two years. I like, I like four, six, four, nine yeah. the next two years. That's man. What a nice piece to have who fits perfectly next to your franchise center and your franchise guard. It just, he fills the gap so nicely for them. He's just perfect piece. Is it? Do we need to uh, reopen the uh, Anthony Edwards Lamelo Ball debate? I feel Ooh. like we like we kind of would like we, we kind of put that one aside last year. It's like oh, they everyone screwed up by passing on Lamelo. Um, do we? I I think we have to uh, examine that. I think in that uh, like I I might have to recuse myself uh, <laughs> because I, I there is just there's no way I could personally be. Any higher on Anthony Edwards? I, there was just—I mean, coming into the season, there wasn't. If you had told me coming into the season that you felt like Anthony Edwards could have been could be a top five player in three or four years, I don't know how I would have felt, but it, it wouldn't have felt crazy to me 
because I, I really do just, I see a lot in him. If you said it to me right now, I'd say, oh yeah, d- of course. Duh. So I would, I would kind of go, those teams made the right decisions for their, those teams. Right. Absolutely. Like I think that's where we get, when we get into this debate of like, this team should have picked that guy. I can't believe they wasted this pick. And sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. This is one of those instances where like, I think it worked out for both teams, you know, and, and, and they both made the right decisions and in, in that scenario. So, you know, it's always hard and it's always easy to just say, oh, you should have taken, everybody should have taken LaMelo. They all made a mistake. You don't know. Just Golden State. Well, it, it, probably that. <laughs> but you don't know what LaMelo is going to be in a different environment. We don't know if Anthony is Edwards. Is given the freedom? Y- yeah. No, but you don't know what Anthony Edwards would have been if he went to Charlotte. Whatever. Like, or wherever we want to say. It's all of those things kind of matter in that sense. So it's like, I think for me with those debates, a lot of times I just look at it going like, well, it worked out for both teams. I think they're both happy. I think both teams would make the same decision again. Yeah, and also let's not forget that Ricky Rubio and Anthony Edwards last year, like if you could tell me that, uh, I don't know, Anthony Edwards was going to get drafted by another team and they were going to also pair him with Ricky Rubio, I would expect a similar outcome. I, I I can't help but think that that has had a positive influence on a very positive guy, but I think for him to be able to spend a year with Ricky Rubio, he got a little bit of a bump uh, maybe as a leader. Um, so I, I don't know, but the debate, I, I agree with you, Mo, it, it does matter where those guys went and LaMelo, especially just that sort of creativity and freedom that he's been allowed to have. I, I'll tell you it, while, before we leave the Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns has been fantastic this year. Yep. All-star. And yeah, uh, I feel like that's something that is going a little bit overlooked. D'Angelo Russell is contributing on defense. Yeah. Like he's not he, – I don't think he's he's never going to be like locked down. But again, we talked about like Chris Finch using his players correctly. He's what, – what are – what's D'Angelo Russell's best trait as a basketball player is his ability to read the game and communicate. So they're trying as much as they can to have him be like guarding the guy in the corner – so he can see the play and communicate to everybody else what's going on. And like, okay, he's not he's not going to run and jump block shots, rip people of the ball, stuff like that. But if he can tell everyone else where to be, then he, then that, that, that uses his best abilities defensively. And, and this is what happens when you have a coach who's not just stuck in his ways and doing his thing the way that he says it has to Bing happen. Bong. Right um, you know, <laughs> like, fucking yeah. overtime! What the fuck, baby? New York is fucking back! The Knicks are here, baby! The Knicks are fucking here, baby! Fresh out the corner, baby! We're taking it all the way! We had De Blasio, we had Cuomo, it was rough shit! We have the Knicks! New York! Knicks! 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 Knic
ass off, right? But, like, when he's on the court, there's a lot more energy with this team, a lot more things moving, a lot more just, just, hey, we play hard, right, and things like that. And he bar- he doesn't see the court enough. Snitch. You know, like, Tibbs needs to start looking at that stuff. They make a trade for Cam Reddish, however you feel about Cam Reddish. One thing is, we don't know if that trade worked out if you don't play the dude. Right, and we can have that conversation and that debate later. So, <laughs> there's Cam Reddish. Damn, Cam Reddish gonna be in the box till next next November. Did you ask Pop that question? I mean, listen. I mean, I, listen. I've been out there since I was crazy. I, I, like some of this is just where the Knicks are, as I was saying, and some of it is tips. The guy's got to get minutes. You traded for him. You're you're, you're trying. You, 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 he needs to play minutes. He needs to matter for you. But it looks like he's out of the rotation. And it's just everything you look from tips. It's all bad offensively, and it really stems from that. Like, defense, whatever. Like, he's a defensive genius. How many more years are we going to let him coach without an offensive guy on his side? Growing up like that, then having an opportunity to be here in the 90s, um, I was excited when this opportunity came up. And, you know, if you're a kid that grows up in Connecticut, I had an opportunity to be with Boston in 2008, and then, of course, being here. doesn't get much better than that, but there's no place like How many more years? How, many more, how much more do we need to see that this dude simply does not create a good offense for his team? Does an unbelievable job defensively. He needs an offensive coordinator, and I hate the coordinator system amongst coaches' staffs, but I think he needs one more than anybody else. To us who don't really know the, the game, how do you explain that? I feel like couldn't we have, couldn't we just like replace the segment we're doing now with what we the conversation we had when Tibbs was hired? I mean, because yeah, just this cut like that in. it's it's, it's that exa- right in. like this is almost like maybe the names are different, but this is exactly what we said was going to happen. Exactly, like they got they had the they had a little bit the bump, the good defense, the the play hard, the they got some stuff from it last year. It was like. But then the stubbornness, the the running they went out and got the guards the that they thought were going to solve the, the offensive problems, which weren't about the guys on the court; they were about the system that wasn't yep. in place. Yeah, and the the stubbornness and not like giving guys a chance. Like the, the who the, who are the two bright spots for the Knicks this year? I would say Toppin's one, Quentin Grimes is the other, and it's kind of like Quentin Grimes gets like minutes by accident when everything else hasn't worked. Ah, someone go out there and make some shots. And then Quentin Grimes comes in and and knocks down four threes. It's like, oh, Quentin Grimes. And then we don't see him again until like, you know, this is stat. So to this point, the stat I tweeted out this morning is in every single Knicks player has a negative plus minus as a starter. And aside from Kevin Knox, every Nick who has come off the bench 10 or more times, more than three times has a positive plus minus in games they've come off the bench. Like something's not right about just how they're going about stuff. If every game you're just in a hole and your closing lineup is 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 struggling. Well, all right. Well, since we're on the Knicks, I'll, I'll go ahead and jump to my Knicks question. Hold on, hold on, um, before before you do that, because this, 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 this is going to piggyback on on Steph's point. They got blown out by Miami on Wednesday night. Okay. Randall, and we don't do, I hate plus minus in an individual game and things like that. We know all the flaws with that. But Randall, minus 34. Kemba Walker, minus 30. Fournier, minus 27. RJ Barrett, minus 36. Their bench, the top guys on their bench. Obi Toppin, plus 20, played 21 minutes. Emmanuel Quickly, plus 16, played 22 minutes. Quentin Grime played 31 minutes, plus 18. They were in there during garbage time. Maybe you're not in garbage time. If you play them a little earlier, maybe you add a little more speed to your lineup, your starting lineup. We know Tibbs doesn't have a problem benching Kemba Walker. You know, like he he doesn't mind making a change in the starting lineup. Maybe add some quickness to your lineup here a little bit. Maybe you got to make some adjustments here, but it's just sad to watch this. And it's so much fun for the league when the Knicks are good. And it sucks with how they're being handled right now. And, you know, to to Mo's point, we don't love individual plus minus, but that's every game. Right. It's like, like, oh, well, you know, the Knicks lost by seven and and they were outscored by 27 when Julius Randle was on the court, but they were plus 20 when Obi Toppin was in the game. Like, I feel like there's been four or five games in the last couple of weeks where it's been like, because can't play them together. So it's you see <laughs> right, the perfect yeah. split. Why would you do um, that? Yeah. Uh, well, then I guess uh, here's my question about the Knicks, guys. Um, true or false? Are the Knicks going to make the playoffs? 
right now they're they're 11th. They're only half game out of the play-in. Um, and I, I'll consider the play-in playoffs. Are, are they going to be in the top 10 in the East? And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed Internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I love Seth is literally crunching the numbers right now. The calculator. Well, I was going to say, well, they're behind Washington, but then they're ahead of Atlanta. Right. So, and I think Atlanta is, is on the way up. I mean, you know, Atlanta is Today, just, is so obviously just better. Yeah. There's no reason for them not to be just like seven games better than those two teams. Yeah. So until they, you know, yeah. until they yeah. trade John Collins for some reason. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, um, False. They're not making the playoffs. Sorry, Knicks fans. All right, not making there you the play. You're just, you're just not. I, I'm, I'm gonna go with Atlanta. Um, this is gonna beat you out for that last spot. That one gets a bing bong for me, Mo. Wow. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you, Mo. I, I just don't think they got it. It's yeah. <laughs> it's not happening. Okay, let's move on. Um, okay, the Cavs have uh, now are leading the season series with the Bucks two games to one. Okay. True or false? The Cavaliers will win the Central and be a top two seed in the East. They have a very easy strength of schedule going forward. They've done really well through the hard part of their schedule. They keep winning. Seth, two seed, Central Division title for the Cavaliers. True or false? What's a division and what's a division title and why? Do you I haven't had to click you that guys don't tab. Hang banners? I haven't had to click that tab on the standing things in like four years. Dave asks this wild ass question. I have to go looking yeah. for the tab. So you're basically asking, like, asking, will they, will they, will they finish with will, a better record than the Bulls and the Bucks? Given the Bulls, season Bulls, series, yes. Bulls, okay, yes. yes, yeah, Bulls. Because uh, like you know, it, like as fun as the like the the Bulls, the Bulls season is just like you know. They showed what they need to show, and they're just yep. that team. That team doesn't exist anymore because of all the injuries. Like, yeah, they're going to pass the Bulls. They're half game up on the Bucks. Like, no, I think Milwaukee's better. I, I'm not saying who's the better team. No, but I'm, but yeah. like the like the you know the 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 Bucks are a better team, and Cleveland. You know, you say they've gone through the hard part of their schedule. They've been along with Phoenix. They've been sort of one of the teams that's kind of on a game by game who's available, who's not basis. Uh, you know, combination of COVID and injuries and stuff like that. They've actually, despite like the injuries to like to to not so much Sexton, but mostly Rubio, they've been one of the more fortunate teams in the league in terms of having their guys more than the opposition has their guys. So uh, that's something to take into account. And I, you know, you you line those two teams up, the best how many players are on Milwaukee. So I just kind of think that that carries the day a little bit. Like as good as Evan Mobley has been, is Evan Mobley a better player than Drew Holiday right now? Oh no, yeah. no, no. It's, no it, I agree with you. It's 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 false, and it's going to be Milwaukee. As for what everything says, listen, Milwaukee got their clocks clinked by the Cavs the other night, right? Like we understand that. I also felt like Milwaukee did not come into this game with the proper energy to play this game, whereas the Cavs were like, "Yo, we're taking them down tonight." And, it, and you could see it in the way they played. It was a very unbuck-like performance, you know, especially on the defensive end. Like, I was kind of astonished with, with some of the stuff where I was just like, man, they don't look a step slow. They look two steps slow. And and that was the thing that kind of interested me in that game. So, for, for me, as good as the Cavs have been, listen, finishing second in the division, you know, I didn't know we still do those, um, is huge <laughs> for them. I didn't think they'd be at any point in this season in the top four in the East. 
You know, and, and they're not going to get rid of divisions because you can gamble on it. You right? know, like that's like, that, let's just be honest. Sure, but like the 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 thing is, like I didn't think they'd be this far into the season. We'd say like, oh, Cleveland in the top four. The the I thought they might sneak their way into a play-in tournament. Like, they're clearly over expectations in that sense. I don't want us to get too excited and go too crazy now and move the goalpost miles away for them. I feel like, didn't we do a podcast about how the Wizards and the Cavs were both fun surprises after, like, the first nine games? Man. Yeah. Kind of a fork in the road. At this point, at this point, though, we can we like as you know, saying that that like being a half game behind, the Bucks will pass them. I don't think that's like I you know right now. If I had to pick, I'd say the the Bucks are going to be in the in the you know going to win the East in the playoffs. So it's not like that's a huge. Issue. The Cavs are good. Like right. they're they're a legit good team, and frankly, they are a team that if things break right, they could make the conference finals. And you, once you get there, anything could happen. Um, but you, you know, you kind of mentioned like Ricky Rubio earlier, and you know, we don't want to ascribe everything about that could could happen as much as we love Ricky Rubio. Right, everything it's good that hair. happens for them. It's the hair. But just like even this sense of joy. There was a play I forget who they were playing against earlier this week, and there was a play where Kevin Love had the ball in one corner, and Isaac Okoro cut to the basket from the other corner, and Love like airmailed the pass over Okoro's head because he thought he was standing in the corner. And then we go into timeout. You go into timeout and Kevin Love is like grinning and saying, you know, my bad. And I thought you were going to do this. And just like kind of the demeanor that Kevin Love has had on the court the last couple of years. And the fact that after a mistake, things are going so well that they can, you know, they can laugh about it and talk. We don't want to read too much into stuff like that. But at the same point, like he's playing great and everyone on the team is having fun. This is that that this is it's, it's, it remains. We've talked about them every week. It seems like because they're awesome. It's an awesome story, and and they're playing with let, so much joy. Let me throw in my own true or false here, just off the dome, <laughs> just off the dome. Okay, true or false? Kevin Love will win the Sixth Man of the Year award. I, before you say anything, I'll read the numbers to you because I was pulling up the numbers okay. to make sure we we're to give you guys. Because I literally just drew this one from left field, um, averaging fourteen point two points a game to, on twenty one point six minutes, shooting forty point eight percent from three on six point two attempts, averaging seven point two rebounds, two point one assists. Is 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 I just because I look at the six man of the year per thirty six just for just for perspective because that's those are insane numbers right so per thirty six twenty three point seven points twelve point one rebounds oh he's prime Kevin Love again yeah I mean it's basically that like he had a game where he hit six threes the other night like it was just he was straight on fire and 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 so I'm just asking. Because I don't feel like we have a great field for six man of the year. At least I don't have a feel for it then if that's the case. Yeah, Clarkson's not been good. Um, it's like it's Hero, basically. Is yeah, the it's other. Tyler Hero. Yeah. So, so tr- true or false, can Kevin Love win six? Will yes. Kevin Love win the six man of the year award? True. True. We're going to start the propaganda train right here. Kevin Love, yeah. And and, and to, to compare it to Tyler Heroes per 36. This is all fun doing this oh, on the fly. Com- tell us the shooting numbers, too. Yeah. So, for the season, Tyler Hero is shooting. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Ah, there we go. Averaging 20.7 points a game. 39% from three. He's averaging 32.9 minutes. 4.9 rebounds. Four assists a game. Per 36, it's not going to be that much different, but 22.6 points per game would be 5.4 rebounds, 4.4 assists. I'm going Kevin Love. I'm going Kevin Love because he's actually a, a real guy that comes off the bench, not a fake starter. And, and I think Tyler Hero, like those those numbers are a little bit inflated. You know, the, the counting stats are a little bit inflated. Not that he's not a good player, but I think I'd take Kevin Love there. And he's just my own sensibilities. And because of it, because of Miami's injuries and stuff like that, Heroes had yeah. to start 10 games of, of 39. So going to be interesting. Oh, we got the cat. Yeah. The cat wants to get involved. Hey, Scratch. Quick aside on, on Hero. <laughs> you guys feel like Heroes played his way. Is, is he going to be a max extension guy in the summer, you think? Ooh, yeah. I wouldn't. Maybe Oof. that's it. That's a conversation I, I, for a later date. I'm just, yeah, I, just, like, just throwing it out there. Answer my question. What, what could go wrong? Answer my question. Yeah, yeah answer the question. Yeah. What is Kevin Love gonna? Uh, should he? Yes. 
Will he? I th- I I think that the narrative was established, and Hero's been. I mean, he's been really good. So yeah, it's not like he has. It's, 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 <laughs> I think I think that that from a from a from an award that has is is sort of lower visibility. Like he kind of has the edge just from he got talked about at his so much. So that kind of is going to stick in people's mind. Now, if, if Kevin Love keeps putting up 20 and 10s off the bench, then and the Cavs, you know, finish second in the East, then yeah. But, you know. All right, guys. Uh, last question. Back to the Suns because that's the way this year goes. The Suns are currently on pace for 66 wins and the best record in the league. So that'd be the the one seed they'd have home court advantage throughout the playoffs. True or false, the Phoenix Suns have no moves to make at the trade deadline. False. I think... What's the move? I think they need to add one more wing player. One more wing player. I think you do a, uh, attach your first round pick to uh, Jalen Smith and to Dario Saric because you kind of have your big man rotation sort of locked down once you have eight and come back because you'll have eight in Biombo and, and, and McGee. I think you do that. Don't forget Frank the Tank. Okay, so you have Aiton, JaVale, and and uh, Biombo. And I think you <laughs> then start to look for uh, uh, another wing player. Just you're, That will put you over the top. And it's not even like a massive one. I don't know if they can get a guy like Eric Gordon or uh, uh, even Robert Covington. But you just need that one more piece, almost as insurance. But I, that would be the one move I would make because you're listen, Jalen Smith. You passed on his option. You're you, he's going to be a free agent next year. Dario Saric coming off an ACL injury is going to be late in the season. Sucks to get rid of him, but you do that. You give up a first round pick. You go all in on this team trying to win a championship. You add that one more wing guy. I actually kind of like Covington on this team as being a good rotation guy, a good help come from the help side and that stuff. You know, I know he's kind of struggled a little bit. He's been better for Portland since he's moved into the starting lineup again. But I think that would be something I would honestly look at if I'm Phoenix. Yeah. And the thing about Covington, I like, he never has to be the best defensive player on the court at any time for, for Phoenix. Never. Because they got because they got Mikael Bridges. That's right. Um, that's right. No, and you could and you could never have enough. Like going into the playoffs, you can't. It's not possible to have enough big wing defenders. It just in 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 today's NBA, like we've talked about this, like the six five to six nine rangy athletic like combo forward guys. You just can't have enough of those guys um, because those are guys who can who just who 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 emerge as just you know whether it's loose balls, uh, open threes, key, key blocks and steals, like anything like that. I, so I think it's true. If you're asking, do they have to make a move? Like they can roll with what they got. Like right now, I just said, Milwaukee's my pick to win, to win the, win the East Phoenix is my pick to win the West. And I think they're winning the title this year. If I had to pick right now, I'd say Phoenix is going to win the title this year. Uh, so they're good with what they got. But the, the nice thing is, they have the ability to make the moves because, you know, because they have, you know, they have Jalen Smith and, and, and Sarge, the expiring contracts, and they have, have draft picks to put in. Um, but they, they have the ability to do that, but I don't think they need to, which is a really nice spot to be. It's certainly a, a luxury. It, yeah. And, and to, to so, piggyback on Seth's point, though, about them winning the championship. You know what this they remind me of, and this is going to be a little bit weird because I don't watch college basketball, but I used to way back in the day. They remind me of that Maryland team that lost to Duke or, or was competing with Duke. I think they lost to him in the championship or the final four. Came back the next year. I think it was Juan Dixon, uh, 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 Steve Blake, and 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 God, they had a, a, a Lonnie Walker. So they had like a big guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, sounds right. They, they had somebody. Not Lonnie Walker. No, right? no, not Lonnie Walker. There was a guy. I can't yeah. remember. Um, uh, Lonnie Baxter. Lonnie, Lonnie Baxter. Baxter. There we go. I knew it was a Lonnie though. Um, and and they came back the next season, and it was all business. It was literally just all business. And the Suns have shockingly at thirty-eight and nine have flown under the radar this season. We barely hear about them. I know Heat fans scream that nobody's paying attention to them. Nobody's paying attention to the Suns. And this team has been all business. I'm with Seth, like they're going to win the championship just by the way they're acting. So 
we we again we talked about the MVP earlier, and I think that you know if you add in like Jalen Smith and Bismack Biombo's numbers to Chris Paul. He's right there with Jokic and, and, and Embiid. So I, I feel like if we were just stacking up numbers, like, if we, like you know, a guy off the street comes in and, and gives you 18 and 10 every night because he's playing with Chris Paul. Like, that's hey. I think it's a testament to, to what he's doing. If they trade Jalen Smith and get a good wing, right, I think Chris Paul's the MVP because he basically would have made exactly the year. value out of that. So, you know, pretty, pretty incredible. Um, okay. You guys got anything else before we wrap up? Nope. <laughs> I think nope. we hit a lot of things. Pretty good. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, I'm happy to be back. For Seth and Mo, I am Dave. We'll be back next week with another episode of Nerder. She wrote. Yeah, so I, I grew up in Connecticut, and my dad was a, uh, a Knicks fan. So I came to the Garden when I was a young kid. And then in the 90s, I had an opportunity to be an assistant coach under Jeff Van Gundy with those great teams with Patrick. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.